Hi, welcome to the front porch. We're having a special edition of our podcast talking about all things that we just saw and just sort of experienced at CES, which is the Consumer Electronics Show. If you're not familiar with it, every January, 150 to 200,000 people descend on Vegas and um, nerd out. I mean, it fills the Las Vegas Convention Center and surrounding hotels. There are thousands of booths, thousands of pieces of technology, and it is one of the more unique trade show experiences because you see what's cool now, what sort of that trend is going in the future, and also just some really crazy, wild ideas. And one of the cool things about CES, and I've been going to CES now for, I think, six years, is technologies that are on the fringes today are now in the main line that we see today. So like stuff that I popped up on my time hop while we were there, it's like sleep technology. And now sleep technology is probably one of the bigger driving forces in the real products today. So we all just got back. I've got Dylan here, Nick and Donnie. We just got back from Vegas. We wanted to talk a little bit about what we saw and we figured the front porch is a great place to have that conversation. So toss it off to Nick first. Nick and the rest of us, what do we think was the biggest technology, biggest trend, biggest thing that was most surprising for what we just saw? Um, I think one of my biggest takeaways was probably the, the Canon booth. Uh, Canon partnered with M Night Shyamalan uh, for their new mo- for his new movie. Forgot the title, but something about something a cabin, something yeah. a cabin in the woods. Yeah. Um, and they actually recreated a scene from the movie where they had this green screen, this this vol- volumetric set um, with 4K cameras on almost every surface, and they showed how you can com- combine real life footage with virtual cameras to the point where you could film a scene, put them in the 3D space, and then essentially create any virtual camera to do things that you might not be able to do in real life. So they showed four different perspectives. One was like a grasshopper. One was a crow flying through the scene. Um, One was just a bystander. So just really cool showing the future of how we could start, how it's already happening and how it might become more normal for other people to be using this production technique. But yeah, that's probably one of my biggest takeaways. Awesome. Dylan? Yeah, I think for me, it was the sustainability floor. Like that was one of the most innovative things that I walked through. One specific being John Deere. Uh, We walked through that on the the last day, me and you. And and this foot beam was like a 120 foot beam. And on it are these like weed sensors. So as the the John Deere tractor is going down the, the corn rows, it can sense ahead of it the weeds to spray. So instead of a blanket spray over top of the crop, it saves the uh, the uh, like the farmer um, all of his inventory in spray. So it still has two tanks on it, but he's able to then save a lot of money by using this AI system or whatever that was for that detection. Yeah. It was something that they're rolling out this year. So this last year was the first year with 12 different companies. And then actually now this year is going to be the first time that, that they open it up and actually launch it to the entire nation. Yeah. And it's just that cool, like sensory it's so cool. machine learning vision technology. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a blanket. It's mm-hmm. spurt this. It needs this kind just of thing Just a quick here. little like this zap. Thing here, water here, weeds yeah. spray here. Just mm-hmm. 
less overall usage, but also just the technology built in. It was so cool. Um, we'll just kind of continue down the yeah. line. I think for me, the biggest thing that I saw that I think will be the biggest trend going forward is in self-sufficiency. Mm -hmm. You know, there were so many battery technologies. There were so many mm -hmm. specialty gardens, so many e-platforms for making your own food, making your own world, keeping your own power, just that trend of self-sufficiency. Mm -hmm. I mean, it definitely was from COVID. You know, all of these right. products were thought of probably two years ago, or the more majority of them were two years ago. Mm -hmm. Takes a while to get a product to market. Takes a while to get that strategy. So we're starting to see those ideas that popped in people's heads when they were stuck at home. You know, so mm -hmm. it was that through line of how can I be more self-sufficient around me, but also still have the comforts and technology and the things that I'm used to. That I think is probably going to be the next big sort of wave and us as content providers, we can tap into that and being and, and sort of develop around that sort of perspective of what is this, what is our customer gonna need? What is our customer's customer gonna need to feel that sense of safety, to feel that sense of self-reliance, to be given that ability to sort of move less as a herd and more as a, what do I need immediately around me? And that's what I definitely saw in all of the different halls of CES. Yeah, um, for me, it was probably, I mean, it was all over the hall, but like AI and automation was like a huge that's thing cool. at the CES. I mean, we were seeing things from AIs being created of people who might have passed away and uh, yeah. so <laughs> that was kind of it was kind of crazy yeah to automation of like taking like Roomba style technology but applying it to like lawn mm -hmm. care and uh we saw like an automated snowblower oh. and, like, which leaf, we were really excited blower, about. Right? Yeah. yeah we were really Those excited about the snowblower but uh I don't think anyone else was like as excited you know us being in Michigan and everyone else is like well this is Nevada mm -hmm. and a lot of us <laughs> are from <laughs> California <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of whatever but um just seeing all of that automation and mm -hmm. AI just like growing exponentially mm -hmm. you and I had a pretty long conversation about it when we were in Vegas about yeah. just AI being everywhere so we just saw what was the biggest trend thing like that or the biggest thing that we was most surprising what do we think is and sort of the top and bottom of this conversation what do we think is the thing that will die the fastest Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. like something that was presented so, that might not actually take off yeah like what is that thing hmm. you're like oh that's like that's really cool or oh my god i can't believe they did that like because you know technology is such a fast-paced world i'd love to know what you guys were like well yeah i don't think i don't know i don't see that i don't see that going anywhere hmm. There was so much there. I know, it's, like, it's such an <laughs> overwhelming that, conversation. Yeah. I can start. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I think that maybe it's not even something that's gonna die, mm -hmm. but something that really needs to be worked on until it's mass adopted is the eyes in the robots. You know, I think there's a lot, I think there's a ton of potential in the robotics, mm -hmm. but there's still something to be had in how you connect to a robot. Mm -hmm. we, there was a couple that a couple robots that we saw in the sort of the, I guess it would have been this expo side lower floor. I mean, there's just so many floors there. Yeah. Um, but it just was still off putting to me. Like the robots were still like really cool, especially the humanoid yeah. facing ones. Mm -hmm. But I think if we could get better about the eyes, then maybe there would be a little bit more mm. adoption and not so much like, ugh. 
Yeah, right. you, don't, you, don't, you don't need to look like me. Yeah. And, and yeah, look right. at me. Right. And it's kind of like, like, like yeah. yeah, right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Area. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you actually made me think of one where uh, there's a lot of virtual stuff that's still coming out. Mm-hmm. Like, COVID's, you know, it's still around, but it's not as severe as it was obviously two years ago. And I don't think the virtual space is going to be as strong, like the whole metaverse right. thing. Uh-huh. I. I honestly think the metaverse is a fad that's going to die off. Like people are calling like games like Fortnite the metaverse. And right. I'm like, it it's a video game. Like right. I love I love playing video games. I love Fortnite. But like I don't think we're gonna I'm I don't think we're gonna get to that point where it's going to be like every day is spent on a virtual space with a VR headset where we're all interacting with each other. I just I think there's going to come a point where that disconnect is gonna happen and all of us are kinda kinda be like Actually, nah. (laughs) If we go down the path Mm -hmm. of Wally, where you're in a little pod and your food is handed Mm -hmm. to you and you're just floating around, that's the scary version of the universe for me. Mm -hmm. I will say, though, I think there's a place for the digital twin. Mm -hmm. And we saw a lot of that emerging out Mm -hmm. of of sort of the metaverse conversation because I think you're right. I think the metaverse as in the Facebook metaverse maybe isn't going to be as impactful right now. I think the long game is definitely there's some virtual long game to be played mm-hmm. there. But I think right now in the next five, you know, three to five years, I think there's a definite play in that digital twin, you know, that sort of conversation of myself as a as a extension of myself virtually and then your extension of yourself virtually mm-hmm. and how we interact both in the, real world and the virtual world and maybe there's just different kinds of conversations and mm-hmm. different kinds of connections that's what i think the real power of the quote metaverse mm-hmm. will probably be though i don't know if the crayola sort of weird video game version of yeah. it is necessarily where that ends up no yeah I, I i agree like one of the examples that i can think of was the i think in the sony booth they had a exhibition where they were showing like where you could be virtually scanned in and be yep. like a mm-hmm. avatar in like a sports arena yeah. instead of say attending the sports arena itself I, right i just don't see where that's much different than just watching it on tv right and at that point it's like that's almost a better experience than putting on a vr headset because then you can actually share it with the people that you're right. with because it's not a ton of people who sit and watch sports by themselves. They've at least got like one or two other people with them. And you the know? way they yeah. approach that that virtual set um, as a as a virtual fan, as a viewer, was very similar to how they're using Unreal Engine on, say, like Fox Sports. Yep. Yeah. How they have all that interactive stuff. And that's a way of showing it can be utilized, um, like that combination yep. of the the experiences. But I just think there was a lot of people that maybe weren't taking... They're exploring an approach. They're exploring a pathway to create a new experience for people. But I don't. I don't know. I think uh, we're not at its final form yet. And I don't no, think. I don't think anyone's agree. figured it out yet. No, I would agree. Dylan, you're you're not in the video nerd world. Yeah. What was your experience in the metaverse? Yeah, there was one that comes to mind. Um, I forget the booth, but what it was was if a say my grandmother passed away. I could talk to her every day for the next 50 years if I wanted to. I could have breakfast with her every day for the next 50 years if I wanted to. I could have conversations with her for the next 50 right. days, years, for as long as I wanted to. Yeah. Even if she passed away, she could still be next to me. That was one of the most bizarre things as like a 
really like a hologram or like a virtual, like mm-hmm. that was something where it was like, there's gotta be some kind of grievance period, you right. know, where it's like, grandma, I love you, but hey, like, hey, you know, that, we're, it's a little much here. Yeah, and so that like, one, that, that was one, crazy. That one, because my, Betsy went with us. Mm-hmm. Betsy's my yeah. wife. For the, the, for the podcast viewers that don't know, Betsy's my wife. Yeah. And she went there to do her own sort of research on some of her stuff that she's got going on. But we walked by that booth together and she yeah. had to take a minute to be like, I don't know if that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can see the benefit. Like I absolutely like sure. And I can see the the market space for that. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. But like if you 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 scan in grandma, you have a few conversations with grandma ahead of time, or you upload mm-hmm. a video of grandma or grandpa or whoever, yeah. whomever you want. And then that processes is that processes that mm-hmm. and then puts that into that deep sort of deep fake kind of world of yeah. holographic projection, but of yeah. a real person. And it would be a very interesting research mm. case because like you mentioned, yeah. the conversations are there and mm. it's visually grandma, it's auditory grandma, it's her mannerisms and all that, but it's a computer processing yeah. her speech. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you like, when someone passes away, like mm. you have to grieve. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess it's almost like, what's the difference between that and almost hiring like a paid actor to right. play like your loved right. one who or has just FaceTiming yeah. grandma after the, you know, right. beyond the like after the funeral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. It's like, I guess I could, I can see that becoming yeah. an unhealthy thing with yeah. someone that mm-hmm. yep. is hooked on talking to grandma 30 years down. And right. so at one point mm. you just got to let go, you know, right. mm-hmm. where so that scares me. It's a little, it's a little <laughs> off-putting, yeah. but I can also, I can totally see where that may be like beneficial too. Because mm-hmm. sure. maybe there's some traumatic tragedy and like I'm speaking completely yeah. out of turn here on some of this, but like it's very much like the step down to that. Like something goes away completely. You know, I've had mm-hmm. moments in my life where like it would be, would have been really nice to like, have some of those conversations again to help me get it wrapped around what's actually happened. Mm-hmm. So I can I can see the it definitely has its like pros and cons. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It would be interesting to to see and and again we we just go through these booths and see and see us it's this way of like you get top level touches mm-hmm. on these booths. You don't dive into anything really no. too deep on that. And a lot it, of it's still in development to the point right. where it's ready to be showcased to the people walking by, but maybe not it's not ready to be executed right to everybody. yeah and, and it could just you know die change tweak and all that so that was deep about that we went there um you know is there anything that you guys saw that you were like i need that tomorrow hmm. i think next year ces when we go i can see it being everybody is on a battery bicycle yeah, there's a ton. Of- oh, and there's, there's a, a right lane and a left lane and stoplights. <laughs> right. People are just cruising around, being directed by these traffic conductors. Right. Saying, you go, you stop. You go, you stop. Because everybody, I mean, the right side or left side, depending on where you're from in the world, and there was some elbow rubbing and, and body checking going on. I can see people cruising around on some scooters inside the convention and not having to walk 20 Meet miles George a day. Jetson? And they'll, they'll also have to make lanes yeah. for the the Boston Dynamic dogs just, oh, yeah. just wandering Spot. around. 
yeah yep. spot or, cruising around or all the the, the, the package drones yep. yeah like just how many package drones or ring had the little interior like century drone oh i missed that one where yeah. like so ring you know security yeah. company the ring cameras and uh. things like that they had a little square drone that you could launch from inside it was in inside only yeah but you could launch it remotely and it would it could fly around your house and check everything out yeah. And you could like program paths for it to take. And so if you're on vacation and you want to check on the windows or plants or mm-hmm. I'd probably freak your cat out. Terrorize like, your cats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that. I, mean, I could see where that'd be really fun. <laughs> but like it's somebody, it's this drone that floats around your house and checks on it. That's interesting. Because there's already the robots that do that. Like that's already a technology. You can buy a robot that will walk around your house while you're gone. But this mm-hmm. is a little square drone that just flies upstairs and flies downstairs and oh goes, inside the yeah, house yeah. all inside oh wow it just so goes you lock your house and then ring connects to it and it's through the ring app hmm. and it just does its thing uh-huh. so how long before someone breaks into your house and defense drones start flying yeah. out of the <laughs> alexa you know That's alexa like attack mark, mode mark would do something like that <laughs> yeah yeah i know uh, it's very it's this very unique space um so kind of pivoting the conversation then uh-huh. If we were, oh, I guess we didn't answer the question though. What else is there you got to have today? Oh, I, th- I think I have an answer. Yeah, that automated chessboard that we saw mm, that, was, that cool. was cool. It was so it was it's it's really cool because it's it's literally a chessboard where um you know you have all your pieces and everything, right, right. but it can use. It, there's two ways that you can play with it. You can either um just use it manually, obviously, and it'll light up the squares that you can take. Or even like oh, the most optimal so move, so it can like teach you how to play chess, Sweet. which which is really helpful. Um, or if you say have two of them, say Nick had one and I had one, and Nick and I wanted to play chess, but he's at his house and I'm at my house, we could link our boards up over the internet, uh, and his pieces, his pieces, like move. say he was black, he would move. Kind of like that on Harry my Potter. board as he yes, kind of like Harry Potter, <laughs> right? Yes, right, yeah, like Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. but it, but it was cool. Like, um, it's the same company that uh, makes those Go Rubik's cubes. I don't know if you've seen those. Yeah, yeah. They like also teach you how to do it, or you can like do them like you can connect them via Bluetooth to your iPad or smartphone. And um, that's actually how I learned how to solve a Rubik's cube. Was that? Uh... Um, but. I got really fast doing that. But yeah, you could like compete with people online. I was competing with people like wow. in like Canada, Asia, all That's over the place. Neat. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, they cool. a lot of them were really fast. They did in like 45 seconds. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. The chessboard is like the same That's idea, but cool. instead of a Rubik's cool. Cube, it's chess. So wow. I think I think mine was uh I like sometimes on the side with my friend. I like to do uh, sim racing like right. F1 oh, sim yeah. racing yeah, you did that that was cool yeah and they uh they had one that was a little more interactive i didn't get to try it because i had a roller coaster mm-hmm. program playing rather than right. the, the race car but um so it the actually the fans and the controllers yeah, and the yeah. okay mm-hmm. it was like one of those like if you're walking in the mall and it's like yeah. oh 4d experience <laughs> right 4D. <laughs> it's got a dinosaur on the front yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like one of those except with an actual racing rig connected wow. to a pc yeah. and it was, it was i can only imagine how much it cost but a fun little activity there you go. at the house. Yeah, right. cave. yeah. <laughs> this is my full on yeah actuators and everything and the fans. You'd probably buy a car at that point. Probably. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Probably could. Yeah. But it's again, it's about that adoption versus it's about that. Like, here's the idea. What's the next level? Mm-hmm. How do we get the product out? And then full time adoption. I mean, there's so many cool technologies that we're using now that come out of this kind of a show. Mm-hmm. For me, though, 
the, just the, the the thing that I think was probably the most surprising that I was like, oh man, I want that right now is inkjet printed TVs. Oh yeah, you were talking about that this morning. It, it's that's they can build displays with an inkjet printer. It's not like the traditional like HP in a printer, yeah. but like where it's like the lines on it. But it's that same idea where it's like builds it and stacks it. Mm-hmm. And it was they had like a forty three inch and an eighty six inch. Yeah, and just mm-hmm. that fast display building for us from a con we're a content production company so like being able to just be like oh we want a screen you know not right now but in the future we'll just print the screen yeah we just need a screen there okay it's almost good for us for i wonder how big did you see how big the printer was i know they didn't they didn't really show too much of the back end of it okay it was really just like hey look we built this thing with this inkjet technology and they had like a little square i think it was with uh i think what was it Samsung or LG? I don't remember. I think he said Samsung. It might have been Samsung. That booth was very specific on who they were letting people in and out because it's very, I think they had some pretty cool technology in their back room. Um, But just the idea of having an on-demand way to build a screen is like, oh, well, I can think of a thousand things right now that if I could put a screen like in the drywall, yep, boom, Mm -hmm. without having to go through the whole thing, like, that future state of that technology is mm. super cool. Plus, like if you look at it from an accessibility angle, like if I needed to build a little screen so to just show someone how to use that, or I needed to build, you know, a screen with some haptic technology so someone who was, you know, both normal vision but also like reduced vision, or someone had reduced touch or reduced sight, or you know, there's just so many cool places to be able to say that works like that, and then I put haptic behind it, and so then yeah. the, this screen your accessibility is this, but then for me, it's this, and it's all in that one package. I, I can see those two coming together really well mm-hmm. and just making it so people can experience things a little bit more equally. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So that's, that's the coolest thing. There was too that, that one drone that we passed on, on the last day together. Right. That I just want to fly you in. could pilot it without a license. Yeah, that was crazy. It can go up to like 800 feet in the air. Yeah. Weighs 290 pounds. Yep. And you can buy one and fly it around. Yep. 290 like, pounds? 290 pounds. It's 300 pound drone. That's it. And it, it's ready to go. And Why? you can fly it. It goes up to like 65 miles an yep. hour. And you can just rip You can just get it. in and go around. Wait, is it for you to, is it for people to get inside yeah. of? Yeah. yeah. It's a so one person. Personal airplane. Oh, it okay. is, oh. It's a quadcopter wow. that rotates blades. Yeah. And you can kind of go forward. And so it's, it's actually probably more than, I think it's, I don't remember. Who was but, it? I took a picture. I don't remember that. But it was just very much like there's all of the brands just are smashed in my head. I was just picturing you flying a 300 pound drone around and I was really terrified. 60 miles. (laughs) (laughs) No, like you just get in and it's got two controllers like flight sim and you can just go. And they had this whole like take your you go camping because it could carry a payload and you can throw your Mm. tent and some food and you park your car, you get it off the trailer and up the hill you go. You know, Mm. that was one hundred percent, like yes, yeah. need that for Christmas. I need that for Christmas. Hey, your hover car, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So one of the one of the things I think that CES does a really good job of is showing what's going on in the sort of trade show display experience world. You know, we do a lot of content around how do we showcase products. I'd love to hear your guys' perspective on what you thought worked, what you thought didn't work, what pulled your attention the best, best mm. execution of the booth. I mean, it's a little bit of a different conversation mm. than the nerd conversation, but mm. use your expertise is 
what was like that killer booth or what was the best experience you had or who had yeah. the best like way to get your attention and then let's let's talk through that a little bit because mm. there's a couple out there that were just incredible and i would say that from all my experiences at ces this year alone this year was by far the best booth experiences yet mm -hmm. there are a ton of different booths that just like did a ton of different things most of them were like interactive yep um i think probably the one that pulled me in the most was probably the cannon booth honestly okay. there was a was giant cool. cabin in the middle nick talked about this a little yeah. bit there were two ways that you could go in nick and i went in the back way which was a little less interactive but the line for the other way was like crazy long and it would have been like three a, hour wait yeah it was like a two ride. three hour wait yeah and we were like oh we'll just go the back side look at other things yeah right. um where they, you know, they literally sat us down. They gave us each a tablet and some headphones and we were able to watch through the scene that Nick was describing, um, watch through all of the different angles that they did and then watch the behind the scenes as well um, while sitting on like a back porch of this cabin. Right. Which was just kind of like really cool. So what we need that is for our set for the podcast. It's just a yeah. cabin. Build a cabin. Yeah, we just exactly. need to build a cabin. Awesome. Right. Partner with M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan. Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, we shoot on all canon. Totally makes sense. Give us a call. You can follow us right. You know, click the link below. We'll be good. <laughs> Yeah, we sponsor the, us. Right. <laughs> Please. <laughs> but just the fact that they brought in like real dirt and like turf Ooh. and these fake trees, it made you feel like you were outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was really it, cool. Like, I, that's what I think is the most drawing thing because like everyone has some kind of um, display. Flashy thing. Flashy like, thing. Call action, like, yeah. The immersive things were, I think, like the most cool things. What yeah. was the company that did the. We walked into it briefly and we kind of wanted to stay, but it was there's just so many people. Um, it was like the boat thing. Do you remember what I'm talking about? It's uh, the white one. Was it the EV boat? Yeah. Who was that? With the Honda HD, I, like the oh. big submarine thing. I think that's yeah. what it was. I think robot it was Honda. arms moved the screens. Yes. Like, they, they, they moved screens across the product and the video was timed to the movement. It was timed to the product movement yep. and it looked like it was exoscan, like it was x-raying and it showed all the different yeah that one was wild that yeah was that cool. one was wild we we were only in that for a minute because it was just so packed so in there but yeah. like that one was really cool too and even even just walking in because there's there's multiple different i mean we walked so much of it we probably still only saw 10 percent yeah, of we literally what walked CES five miles of offers <laughs> um but in the i want to say like the entertainment booth mm -hmm. or entertainment expo center soon as you walked in I think it was LG. LG had that giant video wall. Had a giant video wall that was just warped. Like it wasn't just one flat wall. It was like a room oh, of yeah. video. It was, it was crazy. And that display has changed. They've had that, I think, for three, four years now. Mm. And every year it gets better. Yep. I mean, you just you step into this dark room-ish and it's just screens and mirrors. Yep. And the way they use screens and mirrors to make it look infinite yeah. is bonkers. Yeah. yeah. I'm just waiting for the year that we come in and all of the like ridges of like the, their different screens are just gone, just gone. and it's just seamless. one seamless Flat. giant that is, screen. I do remember making that yeah. comment. Yeah. I'm like, I can't wait till I don't see the little black lines right. in between all the screens. And yeah. It's just one screen. Yeah, it'd be nuts. Just the computing power yeah. in that room. <laughs> Blows my mind. But I wonder just, the power consumption of that. Oh, room. yeah. What's the power, <laughs> power consumption of like one hour of CES? Yeah. I, I, the, whole, the whole thing for me and, and watching these trends kind of year over year has been who's copying who next year who walks the booth and goes oh my god that's what we need next year because really 
there's a really, I would say some of the battery technology, super homogenous. Everyone has mm -hmm. a battery. Yeah. You know, the self-reliance I talked about too. Everyone kind of had the same story, but I will say that, and like CES was really a car show this year. I mean, there was way more EVs yeah. and car related than I think I've ever seen. Well, the West Hall was completely automotive. Yeah. And there was still more bleeding over so, into like just the so North much Hall. more. But I will say, I will say that I think this year in particular, they, there was a really good effort into not being like your neighbor in the execution of your booth. Mm -hmm. Story-wise, everyone kind of had the same story, but like Tog, I didn't even know what Tog was. Oh man, that booth. But that booth, that booth has probably more budget than we have for an entire gear. Just, yeah. I mean, like just the sheer amount of like, they had motorized LEDs lifting and raising. Oh, we did they see that They had ADA compliant, like probably the best ADA compliance in their booth I've ever seen executed, which I thought was really neat. But then they had their car wrapped around a 360 screen with environmentals. They had fog, they had lighting walls, they had LED up, yep. they had ribbon and lighting changes, they had custom molded build outs, they had furniture, they had pods that had flip out mm -hmm. screens. Mm -hmm. Like you could experience whatever the product was, you could experience all kinds of parts of their product, as well as like a whole media room and the meeting rooms being two stories. Yeah. I mean, just the sheer scale size work that was put into that booth, I, it would just be amazing to talk to those designers and be like, so how long did that actually take? Right. I Speaking that, I just heard that a second ago when you said the the second, that second floor, that was one of the first things I noticed for some of them were the people that were utilizing that second floor for like meeting spaces. Yep. It's just such a smart it's way to cool use way floor to space. Yeah. And it's like when you're, if you're only given maybe 50 by 50 feet, mm -hmm. those people have universally just doubled their floor size. Well, our neighbor up the road, Gentex, their booth for the last couple of years has been like a full on office complex that they, I mean, they have their car stuff mm -hmm. and then they have a bar, which is food, snacks and other stuff for after hours maybe. And then they had their airplane, but then they had the best, I think one of the best two story looks mm -hmm. in the, in the whole showroom. Cause some of them like Samsung and, and the big guys like that, they're, they're moving an entire city block in. Yeah. But some of those mid tier, mid size, like Gentex, even Magna, mm. um, what was the other one? The Burt, not Bird buddy. Um, one of the other ma bigger manufacturers, or Stellantis, I think too, like they had that, like they had multiple buildings in there and it yep. was just really, it is off kind of wild that first time you walk in, you're like, wait, that's a whole complex. Mm -hmm. They have furniture, they have what running water, coolers, yeah. wild. Did you guys walk through that? I don't think we did. Really so. Where they had like, because they were releasing a bunch of new mm. shower products. Okay. And so they had like running water and five or six or seven <laughs> yeah. shower heads running constantly. And they had a little like really great sustainability note, like the water in here is recirculated. Don't drink it. Um, <laughs> like, like don't, don't take a, a shower. Real shower. <laughs> Please don't do that. But they had it. So like all their shower heads were working and they had their scented shower product. Yeah. Like you could smell their booth for like 10, 15 booths out. And it'd be mm. kind of like, the rats following the cheese there like oh what is that lavender that beautiful lavender smell that brought you right to the Kohler booth <laughs> like it was just a really great use of space and 
for what we do, you know, we were there supporting a few of our clients and their booth, can't mention their name, but their booth was really cool too, because you could build a thing, you could see it on a screen, you walked through a whole experience, you got to talk to the mm -hmm. engineers. I mean, mm -hmm. the amount of effort that people have made, I think is really, really show, really showed more so this year than ever of we're here to tell a story, we want you to see the product, might be working, might be a prototype, and then have a conversation with you. Yeah. And I, I that I think from from us, I'd love to hear your perspective on from a storytelling angle. What resonated with you? What didn't? Hmm. I'm trying to think, there was so much that it was hard for us to just like stay at a booth long enough right. to almost like experience your story. Like, I think I mentioned this briefly. Like, we literally walked at the very minimum five miles was what my phone said. Oh, yeah. So like, it was like hard to like get like a grasp of the story. So I wouldn't say there was one that like stuck out to me in particular. Cause I was just trying to see as much as I could. Um, are you looking it up? What I'm looking see? at what, what Dylan and I did on Saturday. How we <laughs> Yeah, I know yeah. Nick and I walked five miles on Friday. Mm. Um, that was just Friday morning. That was just too. Friday morning. Yeah, literally <laughs> from like, we were there from, what was it, like nine to like one? Something like that. And yeah. we walked five miles. So it's just, that's in the scope of how big, that was just the convention space too, yeah. which mm -hmm. is one little yeah. section of it. But um, I think to me there was, and I know you can agree with this, like a lot of just the ways that they were presenting some stuff in a lot of different booths. Like I think you were recording Samsung's because you, you like the idea that they were doing where they were showing off different products and like showcases of like shelving units. Yeah. But like it growing and expanding it. Um, There's just a lot of really creative like graphic and animation use that you and I both noticed. I know you were like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was taking in a lot of just, I don't know, really cool animation, things I haven't really seen out of anybody right and this was the place to, to see it all really well and that's the power of this show and that's i mean honestly that's the reason why we go you know we have we support clients that we've, we've shown at ces a dozen times with different clients over the last few five six seven years but though i think the most powerful reason why we go is though we can see you know what other people are doing but also where the trends are where's the animation going mm. where's experience where is where does content meet experience meet you know technology and I think that's the real benefit. And then, you know, we, we have really great conversations on the floor with different companies, mm -hmm. seeing what's next, seeing what they're doing, you know, at, from a non-video perspective, Dylan, because mm -hmm. you don't live in this nerd world. Yep. What do you think, <laughs> what do you think the story, what, what was the storytelling? What did you, what did you think the strongest stories were and, and how are you going to use that sure. sort of in your everyday? Yeah. I think in the conversations that we had with people on the floor, uh, being our clients or not, um, I think the conversations when we ask them about, you know, what they do for their marketing, what they do for their branding, how do they tell their story and how do they differentiate themselves versus the competition? A lot of it we saw was stock photo, stock video. The most impactful that we saw were the actual employees that were at the booth were in the video. So you recognized them right away. And that immediately captured my attention to where, oh, you're on the video. I want to come talk to you. Like, like there was one that we stopped by and they made a, stock video turnaround in two days. Right. <laughs> Which was yeah. beautiful, it was great, Yeah, it was phenomenal. But then that brings us in as the experts saying, hey, you did this in two days, let us come take it off your hands and let us polish this and make it even better for you. And I think for me, seeing all the stock that was used, but the most impactful was the, the really the showcasing of the team that was there. Yeah. Mm. Telling that stories is, I think, 
no matter what we're doing, no matter what the technology mm-hmm. is, I think that that storyline of the store of hero character journey, I think really help their hero conflict journey, I think really helps get you out of the, I mean, the overload of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's holographic cyborgs walking around. There's robot dogs. There's oh. autonomous drones. There's people on e-bikes and scooters and coolers and grandma from I, the grave. I mean, can't wait that's, for next year. that's sort of the overall <laughs> 50, 75 seconds of the show. Yeah. So you guys walked five miles. Yep. Dylan and I, on, well, on Friday, I did 11 and a half. It's like 26,000 steps. Yep. Saturday, we did like 10 miles. Uh-huh. Are you recovered? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm better now. The, that I was came, pretty. I came back the next day and ran a few miles, and it, it did not feel good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like a mile pace was 22 minutes. Right. It, was, it wasn't yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> Ligaments and legs are flailing. Yeah. My, knee, my knees didn't feel great. Yeah. <laughs> Cool, we'll wrap this up here because I know we're running out of time and we wanted to keep this short. So put on your fortune teller style here. What did you see at CES that you think will be the biggest game changer in five years, 10 years? Like really put on that that, that fortune teller hat here. I think if we're to take it from, I mean, our expertise of video production, um, I know it's being utilized already, like in, say, Top Gun or how mm-hmm. Avatar is being filmed, but it's the separation of the body of the camera yep. and the, the brain of the camera and then the sensor and lens of the camera, yep. allowing you to be a lot more creative and flexible in how you film. Um, I know it's really only available right now for really, really high budget production, but just like anything, it starts there and right. then works its way down to the point where mm-hmm. and this is accessible to anybody. So, so seeing that in person was really, really cool after being able to watch movies that use that technology. Right. Yeah. They almost took like that GoPro idea and just like, we're like, well, how do we make this the highest quality we can? And it's like, well, what if we, you know, attach that? Separate them. It almost looks like they put a hose on it. It's like a really thick, big old cable. Donnie and I were talking as we looked at it. How is it just now that this is being talked about Mm -hmm. as a thing to do? How are they, we just now getting to this point It's it's genius. Yeah. We didn't. We don't need to. We didn't need to do it the way we've been doing it as no. long as we have. Yeah, Just simple things <laughs> that really like taking an extra mile. Yeah. No. How about you, Dylan? Put on your crazy fortune teller hat. What oh, do you man. see five, ten years as being the biggest impact from this year's CES? I think the the most impactful booths that I remember were the ones that were the most attractive. Being not so much of a poster, but I think it's going to become contagious in the fact where everybody's going to have an LED wall or a big TV screen that portrays their product to where you can interact with it live time. There was a lot of AI, there was a lot of things where you approached it and you said, hey, come play with this. Okay, I think everybody's gonna have that in a sense in five years to where here's a prototype, but now you don't have to use this prototype, you can come and take it apart really virtually. I think that's gonna be something in three to five years where everybody's gonna have that at their booth. Yeah, the the holographic. Yeah, and just kind of like, Oh, take I it apart put, put it to- some gloves on or maybe not gloves because there's yeah. sensors in there that you can like oh i want to do this exploded yeah. drawing and i want to change this color yep. and yeah definitely I, that's for sure i can see that the iron man style yeah the yeah. iron man style like jarvis <laughs> just, <laughs> do this, 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 right. and then just print it yeah i think more people are going to have that for sure yeah i will say probably for me is the thing that i think is going to be the five ten years from now biggest game changer from 20 2023 ces is kind of 
piggybacking off what you said, experience, mm-hmm. but experience in technology mixed with your life, AI dropped in. I mean, everyone's talking about ChatGDP and all that stuff right now. We didn't really see a ton of that there because mm-hmm. I think it's just now hitting. But if we take what we have now and we bring in these other pieces of of the holographic technology of the high screen, high dis- resolution displays, how do we experience what we have? You know, I think the next big leap is taking all of it, untethering it all, putting screens, having remote power, mm-hmm. having all of that. So if you were to combine all of those things we've talked about today and then just dropping it into everyday life mm-hmm. where you don't have to worry about wires. You don't have to worry about that umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about the high-end sensor, the AI and all of mm-hmm. that has been figured out and how do we get power from A to B? You know, If we untether essentially, I think that will be a really cool way to continue to develop both as a society but really as as a content providers mm-hmm. i mean if we aren't tethered to walls and tethered to where there's a plug or tethered to where there's computing power mm-hmm. like that just opens up a ton of potential for what mm-hmm. we do telling stories untethered is sort of i know i'm sounding like one of the speakers on the stage there but like that to me is just really exciting mm-hmm. because it opens up to having a screen here and a screen here and this flexible piece here and this ink jetted thing here and don't have to worry about how it's powered and you walk somebody through that experience in an office or at home or in a product demo or both the virtually and in person you just have so much opportunity to influence in a certain <laughs> way there's a certain call to action yep. influenced by but also just in humanizing it because i think we're starting to blur those lines of that's the thing, I'm a thing, we're different things. That whole connection of physical and virtual and this is just a phone and an iPad, but now it's so much more, mm-hmm. I think is where five years from now, what we saw, that'll all be just in a big blender and mixed together and it'll mm-hmm. just be out there and mm-hmm. we'll interact with it and we'll, you know, not to go full minority report here, but I can see that being it kind of the way and that's exciting but it's also kind of like oh we can't do that because it knows everything that i want you can't change your mind because it already yeah. is predictive analytic you know predictively figuring out what you want and there's just a, it'll be it'll be interesting but it'll be a kind of a fun balance mm-hmm. so yeah. last thoughts before we wrap it up is it you guys this is all your first show yeah mm-hmm. yeah what yeah. in one sentence what did you think uh, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. Maybe just uh. <laughs> uh, a lot of H's in a period. Right. Uh, no, just mind blowing. All right. Huh? Well, with that, say so thank you for joining us, um, and we'll see you on the next one. Now, get off our porch. Oh.